Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Asian Madness Podcast. A podcast where we discuss all things true crime, morbid, mysterious, and odd from the Asian continent. I am your host, Jessica. Hi listeners, as you may have noticed, I am literally 10 episodes away from 100. That is crazy. I will probably say that again when I actually reach the episode milestone, but just putting it out there first. Hope you're all well, eating balanced meals, staying hydrated, and of course, making good choices in life. I am here once again to present to you 5 different urban legends from the continent of Asia. Once again, if you have an urban legend that you know of and that I have not yet covered, please email me and let me know. So with that said, there will be five different tales today, and some I've never even heard of before. They can be a bit spooky, or they can be just kind of silly, or maybe a little gross. It really depends on everyone and what you associate with individual items or concepts. If you have a fear of, say, clowns, even the most benign, tear-jerking story about a clown can give you nightmares. Or say you're immune to the dark, then these dark time atmospheres will not trouble you at all. What are you scared of? What makes your heart race in a, oh no, I'm going to die way? I don't want to tell you guys what I'm scared of because I don't want anyone trying to ruin my life. So allow me to keep that a secret for now. With all that said, let's now move on to the first tale of this episode. Fact or fiction, or perhaps a mix of both. You be the judge. Our first tale takes us to the country of Malaysia, and it's got an interesting mix of legend and reality at least to me. So women in general tend to encounter various safety issues, and one of the biggest issues is safety from rapists and sexual predators. Women who walk alone at night tend to have this fear of what could be lurking in the shadows, and it's definitely a valid concern. Maybe we think of ghosts, maybe monsters, or more likely than not, bad people. According to the legend of the Orang Minyak, which can be directly translated as the oily man, this man slash creature preys on young women at night, abducting them and then raping them. It's also not just any woman, but they tend to prefer young virgins, 
The orang minyak is described as something quite strange, and there are various versions of what they look like. Some describe them to be a tall, slender figure. Some say they're average in height and a little overweight. Some say their eyes are yellow. Some say red. Regardless of these inconsistencies, there is one thing that everyone can agree on: the orang minyak is completely black from head to toe. They look shiny, and they are extremely quick and nimble on their feet. They're able to climb walls, trees, navigate through narrow streets and fences. In other words, they're somewhat unstoppable. Why are they all black? You ask. And no, it's not their skin color, nor are they wearing a full-length bodysuit. It is said that the black and sleekness of their outer appearance is due to the fact that they are covered in some type of black oil. That makes them well slippery, difficult to catch as they can slip right off your fingers, and definitely makes it hard to spot them at night while they hide and prey on women. People have different opinions when it comes to the origin of the orang minyak. Some who do not believe in such creatures or tales believe that it is an embellishment of a real man who dresses in all black to kidnap and rape young women throughout Malaysia. It can be one man, or it can be many different men, but they are believed to be sexually frustrated men who are looking to terrorize people to feel like they have power over others. To be fair, that is entirely believable. But does it make it any less scary? Some might say humans are the scariest creatures. Others believe that the orang minyak is not a man, but a creature or an entity. If it is a creature, then it makes them an unknown creature, kind of like Bigfoot or the abominable snowman, except a lot more terrifying. Some others have said that the orang minyak. Was an evil human warlock who used black magic to win back someone they once loved and lost. This person is said to have harbored such strong negative emotions that they basically struck up a deal with the so-called devil or evil powers. And once the evil spirit was summoned, they were told that in order to get what they desired the most, they would have to go out and rape twenty-one virgins over the span of seven days. We've seen similar tales of normal people in desperate times, trying to accomplish something, and instead of working toward their goals like a normal person, they turn to witchcraft or dark magic, willing to let go of their morality, their principles, their firstborn, and even their souls. Is there anything that would make you want to take things to this level? But how real is the orang minyak in current society? It is unknown how far this tale dates back, or when this creature first came into existence. But reports of the orang minyak prowling the streets and abducting women have been floating around since the early to mid 1900s. Many people genuinely believe that there is an unknown creature out there preying on women, and when women are raped. Some explain it away as the acts of the orang minyak. It is said that various people have come forward with reports on sightings, and some people have even gone to the police to file reports on this creature. 
I highly doubt there's much the police can do in this regard, but to this day, no one has had any actual photographic proof of their existence. And it makes sense, considering how they come out only at night, roam around dark corners of the streets, and only attack when they see an opportunity. Real or not, this kind of tale can sit in the back of your mind rent-free and cause some feelings of unease as you make your way home in the middle of the night on a deserted street. Many women who prefer to have an open mind when it comes to this tale have found ways to try to deter such attacks by wearing or carrying sweaty clothes or men's clothing items. How does this work? Well, no one really knows how the Orang Minyak is able to tell the difference between virgins and non-virgins. By having clothes with sweat or men's odor, it can imply that the Orang Minyak is able to smell. And if that's true, they may note the fragrance of males nearby, which may cause them to give up on that target. Assuming that the woman either just had sexual intercourse or she has a man, a.k.a. not a virgin. But if the Orang Minyak has a way more advanced sense of detecting virgins, then this method is definitely flawed. Is it possible that such a creature could really exist? I don't want to say it's impossible because there's so much out there that we don't know about, but also, could the Orang Minyak be a type of scapegoat? Because when you hear about a woman getting raped, and if your instinct is to say, it was the Orang Minyak, rather than a depraved man, what happens? There's a possibility that the victims won't go to the police because the police will not bother to look into this case of mythical creature attacks, which on one hand is understandable. If the victim does go to the police saying that it was the Orang Minyak, what can the police do? They can investigate, but without more evidence and proof, it's definitely hard to continue down this path. Not saying that the police should dismiss claims either, because even if the victim believes it was a mythical creature, it very well could have just been a man. Maybe you don't necessarily believe in monsters, but sometimes it doesn't take an actual mythical creature to carry out monstrous acts. We humans are quite capable of that ourselves. For our second tale, let's hop on over to the nation of islands, the Philippines. This tale, though, is not unique to the Philippines, but a variation of it definitely exists there. And not just one variation, but multiple, as you will soon hear. Two young college girls were walking around their university campus late one evening. Nothing out of the ordinary, as many students tend to stay late and do whatever it is they needed to do. The two girls were chatting away, not really paying attention to anything other than themselves, because it was so late. There wasn't anyone around anyways. As they continued walking on, one of the girls caught a glimpse of a figure far up ahead. Maybe it was another student. No big deal. They continued walking and both girls got a slightly better look at this figure. From the way this person was dressed, it looked like a priest. This also wasn't alarming to them because they attended a religious Catholic university. A priest at a Catholic university wasn't really anything new. They continued walking getting closer and closer to the figure 
But then they realized something wasn't right. To their horror, the priest, who was now close enough for them to see clearly, was headless. Not just that. In his right hand, he was holding on to something. His head. The two girls were initially too scared to do or say anything, but once the adrenaline kicked in, they ran away screaming their heads off. Not literally, though, in this case. Once they felt safe, they both turned to look back, but there was no figure, no priest, just an empty campus. In a slight variation of this same tale, one of the girls regained her senses quicker than her friend, and she took off running without a second thought. When she felt safe enough to stop and turn back to look, she saw the headless figure walking away, but instead of carrying his own head, he was carrying her friend's head. And that is a tale of the headless priest. The headless priest has a few tale origins. There were tribes in certain places around the Philippines who believed in rituals and sacrifices. These tribesmen were also said to have harbored resentment towards these Catholic priests during the Spanish colonization era, as it was the church's mission to convert people. These tribesmen were not really fans of this method, and their method of defense was to take down the enemy whenever they encountered one. Once captured, these priests would be tortured, beheaded, and then offered up as a form of sacrifice. Some others, though, believe that the tale's origin was from the Philippine Revolution, where many innocent people were killed or were caught in the crossfire, and many others were executed. Another origin states that the Japanese beheaded and killed many church members during World War II. For what reason? No idea. Maybe failure to comply, or maybe just because. Either way, there seems to be multiple sightings of these headless priests wandering around at night in the Philippines. Some in cemeteries, some in churches, and some in schools. It's not really known what these headless priests want from people. If you believe in souls, heaven, earth, and purgatory... Maybe they are simply restless souls who have not had a chance to reach their final destination and are wandering aimlessly on earth, showing up at night in places they feel close to. In a more sinister view, these headless priests can be viewed as evil entities who are looking to drag others down with them. They died in a horrible manner, and now it is their turn to do unto others what others did unto them. Some might think that that's not a very Christian value, but at this point, are they still the religious men they used to be? In any case, if you ever do happen to encounter one of these, remember to run as fast as you can, do not leave your friend behind, and report back to me. Today's episode is presented by the new film, Decision to Leave, a movie release. From a mountain peak in South Korea, a climber plummets to his death. Did he jump, or was he pushed? When Detective Hejun arrives on the scene, he begins to suspect the dead man's wife, but as he digs deeper into the investigation, he finds himself trapped in a web of deception and desire. This twisted romance comes from Park Chang-wook, the acclaimed director of Old Boy and The Handmaiden. Critics call Decision to Leave masterful, 
Variety raves, quote, After the world-conquering success of Parasite, your new, sublimely accomplished Korean thriller obsession is here, unquote. Don't miss the Cannes Prize-winning triumph that is now South Korea's best international film submission to the Academy Awards. Decision to Leave starts October 14th in New York and L.A., and then expands to theaters nationwide. Brought to you by Movie. M-U-B-I dot com. For tale number three, we will travel all the way up north and learn of a tale from Russia. Some might not consider Russia part of the Asian continent, but for the purpose of this podcast, it is. This is a rather old-timey tale, and not really applicable to our daily lives, so in a sense, the fear factor is lowered by quite a bit. To start, though, do you believe in curses or cursed items? More specifically, have you heard of the story that the Titanic was a cursed ship, which is why things happened the way they did? These are, of course, rumors, and many sources have since debunked these theories. But is it possible to not just curse someone, but an entire vessel? The Russian ship, the Ivan Vasily, built in the year 1897, was not a grand ship compared to the Titanic. This ship wasn't even a passenger ship, but a cargo ship. But unlike the Titanic, the Ivan Vasily was known to be highly reliable and sturdy. She made frequent trips across the Baltic Sea from Russia to the Gulf of Finland. Nothing out of the ordinary ever happened with this ship during the first five years. So why would anything suddenly change? Obviously, things did change. In the year 1903, Russia was preparing for the Russo-Japanese War, which would eventually start in February of 1904. The Russian government and military needed support now more than ever. They began reassigning roles, prioritizing their needs to align with the current political climate. This meant that the Ivan Vasily would now be assigned to carry military supplies and take on a completely different route. Instead of the usual Baltic Sea Northern European water route, they would instead be traveling across the North Sea to the Atlantic Ocean, all the way down to South Africa, and then make their way back up north towards the Indian Ocean. It's a longer route for sure, and there was no way they would be able to carry so much coal with them on this run. In other words, the ship had to make several stops along the way and stock up routinely. It's not ideal, but it was manageable. The ship set sail, and everything went as planned, until the ship arrived somewhere in the Indian Ocean. It wasn't as if something bad suddenly happened aboard the ship. It was gradual, like something felt wrong, and it was one of those feelings you felt in your gut, but were unable to pinpoint. To the crew members, it felt as if someone or something uninvited was on board the ship with them. It was a constant feeling of being watched, feeling the air grow thin, feeling the temperature drop. One day, for no apparent reason, one of the crew members suddenly let out a haunting scream, which immediately sent people into a frenzy. Everyone was confused, frantic, probably already worn out from the feelings of unease. 
Soon enough, all the crew members were fighting each other for no apparent reason. Things only calmed down when one of the crew members threw himself overboard, disappearing into the ocean. Things went back to normal for a while until the second incident occurred. Once the ship was ready to set sail and return to Russia, the same situation occurred on the third day and on the fourth day. Every crew member began fighting each other, and things only calmed down once again when another crew member jumped into the ocean, killing themselves. The next person to end their life was the captain of the ship, and that set off an actual panic alarm for everyone. If the captain was gone, why would anyone else want to stay and be the potential next victim of whatever madness that was taking place? Most of the crew left the ship as soon as they could, and those remaining decided to continue on, sailing to Australia this time. Except, the day before arriving, the new captain took out his own gun and shot himself in the head. Once the ship arrived in Australia, every crew member except one man decided to stay. He was not superstitious. He didn't believe in curses. There had to be a rational explanation for all of this, and he would find like-minded people and finish the journey no matter what. It was their duty after all. Due to the ship's reputation, it took a long time to find an adequate amount of people to set sail. But once that happened, the Ivan Vasily took off again, this time to San Francisco. Things seemed to be calm and normal for an entire week, but suddenly, the same situation as before started again. Crew members aboard the ship began to mindlessly fight each other, and in the end, they had to tie down and lock away two men below deck to keep everyone safe. These two men were found dead the following day. Cause of death was not stated. The new captain, the brave and not very superstitious captain, somehow changed his mind along the way, as he also took out his gun and shot himself in the head, which is the exact same thing the previous captain did. Everyone aboard the ship decided it was a terrible idea to continue on, and immediately turned back towards Russia. Sure, at this point, it probably took longer to go back to Russia, but if they arrive at San Francisco, they would have to find other ways to return to Russia, which would have been another problem of its own. Once the ship arrived back in Russia, every single crew member left and did not bother to look back. The ship's reputation was in the gutter at this point, despite its perfect record and ability to sail with no issue. No one wanted to be the next victim in this game of ship Russian roulette. It didn't matter how much the government was paying. No meant no. The Ivan Vasily ended up sitting around empty and abandoned for years until sailors decided that abandoning it was not enough. They had to destroy it. So in the year 1907, the Ivan Vasily was set on fire and everyone was happy. No one cared to investigate why this ship seemed cursed or why it drove so many people mad. As long as the ship was gone, so were the feelings of unease and fear. What do you think was going on with Ivan Vasily? If you're not superstitious, it could be said that the new sailing route was just so long, the sailors were exhausted, and a combination of these factors could inevitably drive people mad due to the isolation and for being away from land for so long. 
The Ivan Vasily is nothing like those fancy Caribbean cruises, where you're only on board for five days and get to live in luxury. These men were working non-stop and had to always be on high alert. Also, this was the early 1900s. I doubt comfort level for sailors was on the top of the list. If this is the cause for everything that took place aboard the ship, it just means that we have to be more aware of the mental health issues seafarers have to face. On the other hand, you may also choose to believe that something was wrong with the ship. Could it have picked up something along the way? Something it wasn't supposed to? Or maybe the ship was silently waiting for the right time to strike. But why? Even if isolation and exhaustion could cause panic, what were the odds that it happened multiple times and multiple captains ended up killing themselves? Another very famous cruise ship would be the Mary Celeste, which I'm sure many of you have already heard of. There could be an absolutely logical explanation behind all these so-called curses, or it could be something beyond our understanding. Either way, your brain, your interpretation, your decision. So speaking of curses, let's hop on over to Japan for our next tale, one of the most interesting places when it comes to creepy stories and horror. So cursed ships are a thing, but think back a quick second for me. Have you ever seen any commercials or ads that have made a lasting impression on you, but not in a very good way? Like, it didn't make you want to buy the product or anything. But on top of that, it turned you off big time. Not because of the product itself or what it stood for, but because of the ad, how it was presented. Like it felt cursed? Well, in the year 1986, a commercial was aired for a while in Japan, and it made the general public so uncomfortable that they actually had to take it off the air. It was a commercial for Kleenex. Yes, the ones you use to wipe your nose or whatever with. How can a commercial for something so normal give off such a terrible vibe? In a commercial, a normal-looking young woman wearing all white is seen sitting on a bunch of straw. The location is unclear, but the room therein is painted in this deep red color. In front of the woman sits what looks to be a cross between a tomato and a toddler. It has all the features of a human toddler, even wearing an animal print diaper, except its skin color is red, like a tomato. And on top of its head sits a green wig with a little horn. The child also looks a bit upset because their arms are firmly crossed over their chest area. Between the red child and the woman sits a box of Kleenex. Here's a quick rundown of the ad. The woman takes tissues out of the box, looks at the child lovingly, and then lets go of the Kleenex, where it gently flows into the air. The visuals are strange, for sure, but what made viewers even more uncomfortable was a song that accompanied the ad. The song is called It's a Fine Day by Jane Lancaster, released in the year 1983. It's a very soft but rather eerie song with vocals, and maybe it would have been less creepy if separated from this commercial. Lyrics-wise, they're extremely simple, basically a repetition of the same verse over and over. As the commercial aired, viewers began complaining about this ad, calling it disturbing and strange. 
What was the baby-looking thing? And what's with this music? Before long, rumors began to circulate, stating that this Kleenex ad was in fact cursed. Those who watched it would face a similar outcome as those who watched the tape from the ring. If not that, then they are at least cursed at some point and will either face many unfortunate events or die a horrific death. As if these tales weren't enough, people began saying that the crew members involved in the creation of this ad also began experiencing terrible tragedies, similar to that of the Poltergeist trilogy curse, where crew members and actors died and others went through tough times. None of these tales and rumors have been backed up with any type of proof, though. For the sake of argument, let's assume this ad is not cursed, but reality is that it did cause many people to feel uneasy and disturbed. But what part of this commercial could have caused such intense negative feelings to the point a country canceled a commercial? Some who took more time to decipher this commercial stated that it seemed to have subtle elements that we see in horror movies. For example, the toddler-looking creature. Babies are associated as innocent and cute beings, whereas this so-called child in this commercial resembles a demon. How it fits into a Kleenex theme, I have no idea, but the entire color scheme of the commercial is definitely this deep red color which, in a sense, looks like the color of blood. Another element some viewers have pointed out was a subtle hint of good and evil. The woman in white is seen as an angel, the good, while the weird-looking baby with red skin represents the devil. Then we have the Kleenex box sitting between the two, and that is seen as a representation of a human body. And when the woman takes a tissue out and it flies in the air, the tissue itself represents the soul of the person leaving their body via the angel. This could also explain why the baby creature looks upset, because it didn't get to take the soul. I know, I know. It's interesting and almost ridiculous how people are able to read so much into a 30-second commercial. Either way, now that it's been pointed out, I can definitely see where they're coming from. On the other hand, I would never be able to come up with this on my own. Can something so innocuous as a Kleenex commercial really be cursed? I mean, if a whole ship can be cursed, why not a commercial? Instinct tells me no, though, but it doesn't take away the fact that many items in history were said to have been cursed. So, curse or not, you decide. For our last tale, let's move a bit over to the West, to South Korea. And honestly, I hope you're not eating, or at least I hope you have a strong mind and strong stomach, because this can get a little gross. Unlike the previous tales, this one can definitely feel a little bit more real. So whether it's fact or fiction, the decision is yours. As some of you may know, South Korea is almost the unofficial capital of beauty. They have more skincare brands and products than we can count, They value skin condition to an extreme, and are also very hyper-aware when it comes to clothes and fashion. I mean, just look at K-pop. This can be great, but if you aren't blessed with natural beauty or don't have money to acquire ways to become more beautiful, at least to their standard, life can be tough. 
A young man in Korea was said to have been plagued with skin issues for as long as he could remember. Not only was he suffering from acne issues, his facial pores were also enlarged and visible, which made him extremely self-conscious. He's tried every remedy and tried as many products as he could find, but none of them worked for him. It sucked, and he was on the verge of giving up. One day while browsing the internet, he accidentally stumbled upon a website he had never seen before. It talked about skincare, and he was so excited, but also scared that it would just end up being a big disappointment. As he scrolled and scrolled, he finally found one part of the article talking about acne and pores. He read it quickly, but was a bit shocked at what he read, so he went back and read it again, and again, and again. According to this beauty trick article, the way to solve your acne and enlarge pores was easy. All he had to do was find a cockroach and put it on his pillow at night. In a sense, yes, this was probably a lot cheaper and simpler than one would think. On the other hand, is this even real? It can't possibly be. Well, this boy had enough of useless products and tricks, so he decided, why the hell not? If he's tried a hundred ways, what's one more? Even though it does sound rather sketchy, maybe in reality, it is simpler than he expected. Catching a cockroach wasn't hard in Korea, but what did seem odd was keeping it on his pillow. Well, I guess if the roach is comfy... It should be fine, right? The article didn't really elaborate on how to keep the roach on the bed or whether it had to stay for a long period of time. So he did what he could. He caught a cockroach, placed it on his pillow at night, and went to bed. Would you ever be so desperate for something that you would put a cockroach on your pillow? The next morning, the boy pretty much forgot what he had done the previous night. It was early. He was feeling tired and groggy, so he mindlessly made his way to the bathroom to freshen up. But wait a minute. He looked so different. His face was so smooth. His acne was barely visible. Then he remembered the cockroach method. It had worked. He didn't understand how or why it worked, but it didn't matter. He was feeling great, like a new man, and he felt unstoppable. He hurriedly got ready and left to go to school. His day was fantastic. He had never felt so amazing and everyone complimented him on his success, finally giving him a taste of self-confidence. He was finally ready to start living life. Happy times usually go by quickly, so before he knew it, it was time for him to go to bed. He thought of the cockroach, and since he hadn't seen it since the previous night, he decided to let it be. After all, it did save him in a way. He turned off his lights and went to bed, happy and content. The next morning, though, he woke up feeling a little bit off. His face was itchy. He pretty much scratched himself awake. It started to get worse, so he immediately got up and touched his face. Not only was it itchy, he also felt a little bit of pain. He went to the bathroom to check, hoping he didn't leave any scratch marks. He looked at himself in the mirror. Nothing looked out of the ordinary. But the pain and itch were getting worse by the second. He got real close to the mirror and looked real carefully. Something definitely was not right. Turns out, 
his pores and acne issues weren't miraculously cured. They were temporarily cured thanks to the cockroach laying eggs on his face, where the eggs fit comfortably into the pores on his face. Gross, I know. But have you ever taken advice from an article from someone you hardly know? Or even a TikTok video? These articles and videos are rampant nowadays. Anyone can post anything, and anyone can be an expert on how to deal with something. While some of these tricks may sound legit, some may even work, like the cockroach facial. But is it safe? Is it worth it? Next time you want to try something new, make sure you learn more about it. Read up on it. Ask people. It doesn't hurt to stay informed. You never know what kind of person is posting things online, claiming that it works, when it will only leave you more hopeless than before. So there you have it. Five more creepy, ridiculous, weird tales from Asia. While I know how some of these tales sound, it doesn't hurt to be a little bit mindful, really. I'm generally not superstitious, but when I knowingly go against a quote-unquote rule or tradition, it still makes me feel a little bit on edge. It doesn't sound logical, but if I were to break a mirror today, the thought of having years of bad luck will definitely be somewhere in my head, whether I believe in it or not. And I do believe it will influence my actions and my thoughts. It might be a lot worse for me if I accidentally picked up a red envelope on the street, though, because I have personal stories about that, and I will tell you all about it in the next Urban Legends episode. In the meantime... Please stay safe, my friends. Don't be stubborn. If shit feels wrong in your gut, trust your gut. Maybe it's trying to save your life. Be kind, take care, blah blah blah, and till next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Asian Madness Podcast. If you enjoyed my content, please rate and review me on iTunes. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or email me at asianmadnesspod at gmail.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.